Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the Red Raiders take their first L of the season on their home floor, and we are trying to keep pets' heads from falling off as they hit the road again this week. We're into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers joining today, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five bucks or more wins. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started with the only Chris level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, man. Kicking off another week and we started on the hardwood as we're looking back to the weekend that was as Texas Tech falls at home against the Bearcats of Cincinnati now taking an L for the first time at United Supermarkets Arena under Grant McCaslin got a quick opportunity quick turnaround to bounce back it will come on the road unfortunately plenty of time to set the table for the next upcoming opportunity against the Baylor Bears but As you talked about on Friday's episode, man, we knew that there would be some length involved for Cincinnati, some physicality, some toughness, and ultimately proved too much for the Red Raiders. Yeah, I wish I knew what uh, what store Cincinnati was uh, shopping at uh, to to get some of these dudes because (laughs) I mean they they uh, I mean to be to be perfectly honest, that looked like uh, uh, an NBA. you know, some, some of that size. I mean, you know, it, it was, uh, it, it proved to be a problem. Uh, you kind of thought that it would, it's not going to be the last time that the Red Raiders deal with this, uh, issue, uh, for the rest of the season is, is on most nights it's going to, but it, it was expe- especially pronounced, uh, in this one, because I think Cincinnati plays to, you know, Cincinnati, I think, is a really good team. I don't know if if maybe really good, but I think they are a good team. I think they're an NCAA tournament team, and that's uh, they have a higher net ranking than you do. Um, you know that they have uh, even in their losses in the conference. I mean, their their your win loss record is right there together. Your conference record is one win or, or loss apart, essentially. I mean, they barely lost in Waco. They barely lost in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, they did beat TCU, uh, you know, and so some of their losses have just been by, by, by just barely, but they're, they play to their length and athleticism in that they, it's not easy on the eyes. Sometimes it's not like pretty. Okay. Like, you know, a lot of rhythm, a lot of flow, Oh man, this is just so finesse. And no, that's not what they do. They just roll their sleeves up and, and try to punk you. And then they get a shot up and then it's like, you know, it's a wrestling match to the glass and then they or they use those long arms and tip it up and then and then create a second, a third or a fourth chance. And that's just not a, a, a situation for Texas Tech to excel in, in in most nights, especially when you're not shooting it well. But here, here was kind of the here was Cincinnati's recipe. Three balls not beating us today, folks. We're just not going to let Texas Tech, you know, get comfortable outside the arc. And good luck, good luck inside the arc because we don't we don't think you can beat us there either. Uh, we'll, we'll trust our some of our bigs to go one on one, and and we're, we're just not we're going to use those long arms and 
you know, and, and be very aggressive with our closeouts and, and, and really push and shove and beat you, get, keep two hands on you coming off of screens and things like that. But we're just not going to let you get clean looks. So uh, it, it was really a, one of the season lows as far as makes on threes, really in a while, I should say, uh, and, and then attempts. Uh, but it, it's you make on average nine a game and they, they you made five. I mean, that's that's a 12 point difference. And yeah, Robert Jennings gave you 14. Uh, you know, there, there was a few others that, you know, but like Joe Toussaint doesn't score. So anyways, it was just a very frustrating night, but it didn't, it wasn't a shock to me that this is what happened uh, at all. And I think, I think Cincinnati for anybody that, that thinks Cincinnati's not any good or bottom tier. I mean, that's not what the data shows. The data shows they're actually better than you are. Uh, so, you know, based on their non-conference and what they've done. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, it's kind of what we talked about on Friday. Like in another league, they would already be on cruise control to the NCAA tournament, and they may still in the Big 12 find themselves on cruise control into the NCAA tournament. We'll see how uh, it plays out down the stretch. Uh, you may find this sometimes to be more frustrating than if you got in your own way and only had yourself to blame. But this is one of those days where you got to really – credit the opposition damn it i hate crediting the opposition <laughs> uh but you got to tip your cap to the bearcats because i thought the plan that they had for the most part they executed very well it was kind of like the fantasy wish list against texas tech hey what can we do to not allow them to do anything and uh eventually win the basketball game and they're checking all these boxes just like you said really defending uh the three-point line very very well and then challenging everything disrupting everything uh, if you were uh, bodacious enough to try to attack the rim, I would credit Texas Tech in some cases for eventually at some points in time uh, still continuing to try to attack the rim. You know, guys like Pop Isaac still getting to the free throw line 12 times. I thought he had a gutsy effort. And really at the end of the day, Chris, there are a lot of things statistically that were nowhere near like a worst case scenario for Texas Tech. Like you might feel like after 40 minutes, like, damn, we must have got worked on the boards to the tune of something, you know, worse than we've seen so far this year. Now, you were beaten on the boards, but it wasn't by any stretch the worst that we have seen this year. And as a matter of fact, as far as second chance points are concerned, you outscored Cincinnati in that regard just by a few. But, yeah, it is what you didn't do from beyond the arc where you shot it as poorly as you probably have this year, only 33% from uh, three-point range. So kind of a tough one to digest, obviously not wanting to lose on your home floor either. And I guess the question I asked, uh, going back to Friday, like, hey, you're playing with house money still, but how long will you be playing with house money? Well, you spent a good bit of it, uh, I guess, taking an L on your home floor. I don't know about any expectation that you're going to go unbeaten in Lubbock <laughs> through this year or through the Big 12 Conference. So it's not a great shock or a great crisis, uh, but you've got to do some work now as you hit the road. But yeah, just crediting Cincinnati and uh, would just say it's close, but no cigar for the Red Raiders who... Didn't fall flat on their face, but I think we're just uh, beaten in some key areas where you as a team cannot afford to really be beaten because we know how thin that margin for error typically is for Tech. You know, and, and obviously uh, I, I think they're, you know, Lamar Washington missed this game. Um, you know, everybody could see Coach Breyer, one, one of the lead assistants. He has a mask over it. He had, he had missed some time this week due to illness. I, I think you're, you're – and, and Grant – while not using it as an excuse and not getting into any details at all, I mean, I think Warren Washington and and Pop Isaac's dealing with, uh, you know, Warren didn't come out 
of the uh, of the locker room after halftime for a good long while. Um, you know, he's wearing a back brace. Uh, you, you hear some rumblings about you know that he may have even been getting an IV at halftime. You know, so just the the flu or whatever is kind of uh, you know making its way around the team, unfortunately. And boy, you, you, you needed not only did you need all hands on deck, you you, you needed to uh, you needed to play really well to out tough because Cincinnati was desperate. You know, that's the other thing, too, is they come in and that's the bounce back kind of aspect of this deal that uh, they had lost uh, some games. And, and obviously you were coming off of a loss, too. Uh, but it, it's just uh, you're not alone in your home loss. I mean, TCU looked like world beaters against you the other night. Texas comes in and just pops them. And I don't think Texas is great. You know, Uh it's just like everybody in the league race. I think every single team has three or more losses now. Which I guess is right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and I don't know if we're going to look up and go, this is great, or, or people are going to go, this isn't as good of a league. I, I don't know how people will, will view that, but it's just, uh, everybody's just hammering everybody. And so it's just kind of a matter of who can kind of string some together and all those things. But you're, Calendar, and we'll talk about it on, on tomorrow's show, but you're, I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves here and trying to be realistic, you're staring at a three-game losing streak going into Waco tomorrow night. You know, I mean, that's just the harsh reality of it. It's going to take uh, an upset because you're going to be an underdog for sure. And I think Baylor's kind of starting to figure it out. But uh, I just, I, I think Cincinnati was, um, it, it was, you know, they, they say that styles make fights. You know, th- this was, uh, you know, much like BYU and Houston, th- this is a really contrast in styles based on the way you play versus the way they play or how their rosters are built. You know, but it, it, you you miss Devin Cambridge more this last week and these two losses more than at any other time that 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 we had seen him or been without him, just because of the athleticism and length and skill that that the other teams had. Yeah. Getting back to the hows and the whys of uh, the result that we saw, Chris, you mentioned Joe Toussaint, uh, only two points on the day. I, I think, I mean, obviously that's not a great number, but sort of sticking out maybe even more so to me. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And if you've got a small business looking to hire new employees, you're hoping for the biggest pool of top tier candidates possible. And that's exactly why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free, all on one easy to use and secure platform. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They've got a far reaching network of more than a billion professionals and hiring the best becomes easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within only 24 hours. With all the hats you wear as a business owner, the time or resources to hire quality candidates can be hard to come by, but LinkedIn carries the load for you with the quick, easy, and intuitive process. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. But sort of sticking out maybe even more so to me, three attempts. Like, I know you're looking for a great shot. I know you're looking for the perfect shot, but they're becoming, uh, well, there's some consistent theme here, I guess, more recently for Tucson, where I'm watching and saying, pull the trigger, dog. 
And when we were early on in the season, he's pulling the trigger, and I'm thinking, maybe holster that sucker, dog. <laughs> so it's kind of like some wild swings here. I won't ask you to explain it because you're not in Joe Toussaint's shoes, but well, what are you what are you seeing from him? Because uh, it seems like a, a recent stretch here. He's been a little bit of a different player. He's got bigger players guarding him uh, consistently, and I think it's this was always my concern, and this is the the concern. Not that he can't get his shot off and all that, but it's just a lot more difficult. And and I think he's thinking about it because it's every night. I mean, he's got you know, and I just don't know if people like grasp it. Like like, let me give you this analogy. Robert Jennings is playing your post position, okay? And he did a phenomenal job uh, the other night. He's playing the five-man. He's about 6'7", maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe 6'6", but 6'7". Okay, we'll we'll give him 6'7". At some points, he's guarding guys that are four or five inches taller than he is and outweigh him by about 30 to 40 pounds at least. You know, I think Joe Toussaint, Okay, is dealing with he he's six foot, maybe you know, and and I think you you you've got guards that are six two six three, and so when they stick that hand up or out, it's it very much discourages you. Then when you get into the lane and you maybe take a dribble too much and penetrate, then pick it up and you're looking for an outlet. It's just like you you you're just swallowed up by humans, uh, larger humans, and. I, I think in general, I think that some of that is happening. I think uh, teams have realized, you know, to, you know, play him a bit differently um, off of ball screens and all those things. But I think, you know, and, and and Joe's still, he's still grinding. He's not complaining. He's still getting on the floor and out toughing people and, and all the things. But like, just from a scoring standpoint, it's be, become a bit more difficult. And, and like, he's not, you know, where Pop is, like, very comfortable, like, pulling up, like, three feet outside the arc. You know, he'll just, like, you know, okay, yeah. That's <laughs> that's not necessarily Joe's game. You know, Joe Joe's not looking and hunting his shot. Uh, I think that initially on in the season, I think you needed Joe to score to set everybody, settle everybody else in. He did this, and everybody's kind of since found their legs and all those things. But, um, you know, and – I just I think Joe's kind of given you what he's got, but I think it, at some level it's it's unfair to ask him to try to carry you because what did we talk about all you know all off season like you know and then when we started to see him do this, it's like whoa whoa, but now you know I think he's he I don't know if it's regressing to the mean, but the competition is vastly different too, and that can't be. Uh, you know, you, you you don't want to gloss over that part. Know that he's tough. Know he's a competitor. Yeah. And I doubt we have seen uh, the last of Joe Tucson as far as an impact player. So excited to see uh, how maybe he can bounce back during the stretch. But no doubt that's been a noticeable difference. And yeah, as we're talking about Robert Jennings, noticeable difference there. 14.6 rebounds for him. Uh, what, what was working for Robert Jennings? And do you think that I kind of get a vibe that even though it's played out very slowly, um, you know, his ascension to maybe some more meaningful minutes or more impactful minutes whenever he gets them uh, has actually been taking place. I think he's been trending toward a more impactful player and has given you some good minutes whenever he's been in there. I don't know ultimately, you know, what that number is going to look like as far as, uh, you know, the maximum before the regular season is done. But uh, Robert Jennings had his best night, I think, as a Red Raider. Uh, what would you see from him on Saturday? 
Yeah, I, I think he knew before this game that he was going to play a bit more. I think that everybody was uh, aware. You know, it, Robert even talked about that after the game. Yeah, they they pulled me in, talked to me. You know, Warren was uh, very much under the weather, just not 100%. And so I think it was like, okay, man, like you, you're going into this and we're going to need you more than normal. And and what he he's averaging, yeah, he played about twice as many minutes uh, in, in this one that he that he normally does. Averages about seven and change. Uh, I think he played, you know, over 15 in this one. So, but you, you ask about the ascension. Well, now now we'll, we will find out because this is the, what he just pulled off isn't, isn't difficult. Okay. And, and so I can under, explain that a bit. It's doing it over and over again is the difficult thing. You know, everybody can kind of have a game where you're just kind of feeling it or, Hey man, he wasn't on the scouting report. We we were guarding him completely different, giving him some different looks. He took advantage. Hey man, good good on you, you know, kind of thing. That may be what Cincinnati's thinking. But now, you know, if we look up in two weeks, is it still spot minutes and is it still uh, a couple of points and a board every game, or is it is it you know is he hovering around eight and eight category, you know, uh, on, on points and rebounds? I don't know, but that's what we'll find out if he can build on this and kind of start to show some consistency uh, and, and things like that, because he is an undersized big, you know, he, he, he is uh, and, and ever, you know, I mean, he's needed, he was needed. Uh, he, he is needed uh, if, if he can give you productive minutes, because I think up until this point, when he comes in teams pick on him, especially defensively, you know, that they, they go right at him and like, okay, get him involved in a ball screen, get, get him, uh, you know, ISOed up with our post guy. Let's, let's, let's work on him a little bit. And, you know, that, that's been, uh, you know, and so that's why I think, you know, Grant has had to play him very sparingly, but it, it was, I mean, to his credit, man, he's a wonderful kid. He will do anything that you ask him. It's just, he's a true sophomore and it's asking a lot of these younger guys in a, in a fight like this that we're getting, but, uh, let's see what he can he can do with it, and let's see if he can build on it. And eternally undersized, I suppose. Even when he's a senior, I mean, unless he grows like another three, four inches, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's got any growing left to do. Let's get the guy some vegetables uh, for sure, as part and of his nutrition plan. Yeah, he's not undersized like you and I. Like to you and I, he's like a big person, right? <laughs> I mean, when I walk by, I'm like, "What's up, dude?" And he's he's put together. He's two thirty five, but like when you're <laughs> When you're going against, because he's he's built like a typical four man, okay. But you're asking him to play the five. No. Well, it just so happens in this league that equals seven foot and and two fifty on a lot of nights, or or seven <laughs> foot with like wingspan that like can, can reach across the room like uh, Aziz Bendengo was the other night. So that's what I mean by he as a human, he's not. In the Big 12 basketball, ask him to play center. He is. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to break out that file, get those teeth down to a point, sharpen those elbows, just become a walking elbow. Mr. Jennings would love to see that next time around. As far as the stretch that Texas Tech is now within, you talked about it, three-game losing streak potentially on tap. Not going to speak that into existence, so let's just act like we're going to break this sucker up Tuesday night in Waco. But I do wonder about the Red Raiders hitting a wall of sorts. It seemed like we've already had like the sickness game. I thought that was a talking point a couple of games ago whenever the Red Raiders fell, I think, back here in Lubbock. And now apparently we had another one a second time around. I don't know with such a quick turnaround if you've got you know a whole lot of hope of guys just coming out and feeling great by the time you hit the floor there 
Tuesday. You've got Central Florida for your next home contest. But I really do wonder if if Tech is hitting a wall. And even if they would be healthy, Chris, given how shallow the rotation has been for the Red Raiders, I think we've always kind of wondered, all right, is at some point they're going to be like some stamina impact or lack thereof because of the minutes that you've asked so many guys to play. And I guess this is when you, you know, look to those guys on the sideline, uh, that coaching staff, and you're really wondering how they can help their team, you know, regather themselves by the time you're uh, tipping it off there in Waco. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And FanDuel has more ways than you can count for you to end this season with a dub. Or maybe two, or three, or four, not five, not six. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score the first touchdown, how many points are going to be scored, and so much more. National Anthem action? That do anything for you? Check it out at FanDuel.com. New customers also joining today, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of 5 bucks or more wins. All you got to do, visit FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash on to get started and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And every every team in the league is is gonna end up going through a stretch like this where you you just kind of have a, a head scratcher or you just the schedule gets you or the matchup gets you or you know sickness or an injury gets you whatever um, and you're just like yeah I mean peacock today feather duster tomorrow kind of thing you know where you just like <laughs> oh man you know um, and. I, I I just think people need to understand the reality here is that I think everybody got really excited. I think uh, I think you and I said multiple occasions like I don't know how he's doing this right. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and and I think you're you, you know th- there's going to be some d- harsh reality with with what your team is in this league some nights um, because what you like what you didn't have on Saturday and what we had seen. Well, I guess the previous two Saturdays was like these superhuman efforts. You know, you didn't have somebody that went for like 32 or 27 points and just say, you know what? I'm going to make everything. You know, that that Pop Pop scored, what, 22, but it was a grind. He manufactured offense. To his credit, this is why he's in a different category than really all of his teammates right now because he's figuring out ways to produce every night out, even though they're trying to beat him up. They're saying the dude's averaging 20 points a game in conference play, and people are being very physical with him. Uh, I think he's battling uh, you know, illness and all that the other day. He, Johnny Newman runs through him on a screen, and I think after that he's kind of shaking it. Maybe not. And I mean, he just like Johnny Newman. See, and this is another example. Johnny Newman about 6'4, 215. Pop Isaacs, maybe 6'1. 175, 180. I mean, I don't, I'm just guessing on weight, but I mean, that, that's a massive difference. <laughs> like that's a math lot of, is math. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, that, that's a lot of time. And, and Newman is a, is a grad transfer fully developed. I mean, all, all the things and it's like, and, and they, they basically were just like, you know, Hey, put, keep two hands on him the entire game. And, and they did, you know, and I think pop at some point used that to his advantage and, getting to the free throw line, 
which is the kids is so much fun to watch. Uh, he, he just grinds away and kind of figures it out. But yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, though, Cowan, you know, you're, you're very limited. You know, that's just the harsh reality of it. People, you know, got stars in their eyes. You want to win the conference race. You want to, you know, where are we going? And I mean, I wasn't even sure before this year that you were going to, you know, make a March run at all. Just oh, when yeah. you look at the pieces and you look what everybody else has got, you're, you're far ahead of where anybody would have thought. Uh, they lost a home game by three points. It's not the end of the world, but it, it's <laughs> also it's also like Grant. I, I said this the other day to somebody watching it play out in front of me, like seeing the matchup, knowing Lamar is not here. You got guys that are sick. You, you can't make a three or shoot a three. I'm shocked it was as close as it was, to be honest with you. And I think that's a credit to the heart and grit and Grant and, and all, all the all the pieces there because they do. They they give you all that they've got. It's just your 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 lack of depth and, and being undersized is just gonna catch up to you on a lot of nights in this league. And it, it did Saturday. Yeah, there's no doubt that coming into the year, uh, I did not have a box checked that said NCAA or bust. Um, you get a little bit into Big 12 play and you start thinking, all right, uh, maybe there is going to be some uh, March action involved in a tournament that you don't have to pay to go to or whatever. Um, you got 10 games remaining, I think, in the regular season. You're splitting them five and five, I believe, uh, home and away. You will get uh, UCF twice still coming up. You've got a return date there from Texas as well. Texas Christian uh, will be coming to Lubbock as well. But it's Baylor upcoming next. And I will say that, you know, one thing that's kind of manifested that uh, I had no idea what to expect or what to anticipate is, you know, a trust in the coaching staff or in Grant McCaslin's ability uh, to figure out a game plan that can put his team in a successful spot. Now, whether or not that's executed to the degree that it needs to be to get a win, you know, on the road against a team like Baylor or something like that, I don't know. Only time will tell. But that is part of what I think you have to like if you're a competitor, if you're somebody in that locker room, if you're on the coaching staff, if you're in this business, not ours, but in their basketball business. Um, the opportunities that you have are huge as far as the bounce back. If you're able to get a win, you're right back to feeling good about yourself because you're going to take on uh, what was a top 20 team, I guess will remain there, maybe a top 15 team um, Tuesday night against the Baylor Bears. So you do anything good at all and obviously there's going to be a lot of credibility that comes with that but uh the challenge will be tall literally and figuratively but uh i think it's kind of fun to see grant mccaslin in his first year in the big 12 conference uh have to handle some of these things i think we're all hoping clearly from a personnel standpoint that you're going to have a deeper roster a more talented roster a bigger more physically imposing roster in some years to come but you know, it ain't going to come on Tuesday night unless I'm missing some kind of trade deadline opportunity where you can, like, pick up a Rasheed Wallace type or whatever. And with the portal, who knows? I'm going to have to check the rule book because I'm not so sure that that can't happen. <laughs> but it's going to be on uh, on them looking within, digging deep, and finding a way. And uh, I'm excited that you not only have a big challenge, clearly, but that comes with a big opportunity potentially on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, if our, if our man uh, Buff, Buff the GM, uh, Kellen Buffington, if he if he wants to get on the phone and uh, uh, like with, with Cincinnati, for example, and be like, "Hey, man, uh, first round draft pick for Mandango," right. 
I mean, you know, you you you, you willing to swap it? Uh, you know, I mean, you yeah, I mean, wish right. that was you wish that was uh, yeah. Uh, hey man, we'll we'll trade you five scholarship availabilities for uh, you, you know, we, we need a wing that can uh, yeah, that can defend and score. Uh, Throw what, in what some you, cash considerations also. Yeah, what, what do you got for me? <laughs> uh, we we just want some some yeah scholarship limitations like five years from now back or something. You know, like yeah, yeah. Pick, whatever. <laughs> um, th- that's why you know for Grant, it's got to be a a, a semi helpless feeling. Because the, the, you, you, there's just in the middle of a the season, there's just nothing. You, you're just stuck, and that's what is. Uh, and we all know why this roster and how this roster got put together, the way the the, the timing that it got played out. Again, they know what they know. The, the the Cambridge injury, you know, happening when it did. I think you know you kind of glossed over it for so long because they were still figuring out ways to win. But it it that that really and and you know you, you mentioned hitting a wall. It, it's unrealistic to ask basically six players to play thirty two to thirty five minutes a night for however long they were, and for them not to hit the wall. You know, go, going against what they're going against. You know, um, you, maybe you can get away with that when the games aren't stressful or you're not they're not physical and maybe in some you know far lesser conference. But this is the toughest one in the league literally and figuratively and a lot of i think a lot of game plans for texas tech is like be really physical with them you know push shove uh make them feel you and i think grant's trying to get that out of his guys too to impose that on the opposition uh but with your lack of size and lack of depth and all that and and like one of your you know your two guards not being the biggest guys i think that's what coaches are saying pressure them stress them out, uh, make them feel you for, for every time that they're out there. And, you know, and then you, you had Chance McMillan dinged up foot at the end of the TCU game. He doesn't look quite right the other day. You know, like I said, outside of the sickness, Warren's got the back brace on in, in timeouts. You know, you just – I said it to Grant after the game. I was like, you know, in some ways you, you, you're kind of holding this together with duct tape right now, you know, but you're still, you know, shockingly, you're still – this was an extremely competitive game, and I thought you were going to win it when Pop hit the three at the end. Mm. You know, and you're going to live with the shot that he takes uh, because he he's going right. I mean, how many how many game, you know he's won a game, he's tied a game, he's done some different things at the buzzer. But that's the guy you want taking the shot. He's it's about a ten foot floater. It just didn't go in. Yep. And you wish you could have gotten either the rebound or close enough to foul as soon as Cincinnati secured it. But that just the way the ball, it was almost like a exact replay of the Norman game with a different result. Yep. Yeah. You look like Oklahoma in this instance where you just got the shot, missed it, rebound secured game over, you know, but Hey, life in the big 12, right? That's the way the cookie crumbles. It's a nauseating cookie this time around, but we're back to bacon on the other side. We also, uh, we'll dig deep and look inward to see what we can do to help uh, pick ourselves back up as podcast <laughs> hosts tomorrow. So hopefully you'll be there to join us for that. Appreciate you being out there once again today. Enjoy it as always, Chris. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. Yes, we will talk to you tomorrow as I'm headed to the 
the Foster Pavilion, I believe. Uh, Foster's uh, Waco for basketball. Uh, I, I guess <laughs> <is> the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, guns up. Keep hope alive. Turn that frown upside down, people. It's life in the Big 12, man. Nobody was rolling through this thing unscathed. And so there'll be more tough times in, uh, around the corner. But uh, you deal yep. with it and uh, you get excited for the next one. That's what we'll do. So anyway, keep hope alive, everybody. Yeah, we are a little scathed right now, but hoping to do some scathing of our own coming up tomorrow. So I hope you'll join us for that and be back here for the next round of Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs>